if you do not want Metal Gear Solid 5, <laughs> start over. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Once more, from the top. Uh, if you do not want Metal Gear Solid 5 spoiled for you, you are incorrect. <laughs> the ending sucks. It is awful. I I tried so hard to avoid spoilers, and I did. And I feel like I have been gypped. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. <sighs> no, the twist makes no fucking sense. Have you ever played Heavy Rain? Uh, the one that makes you cry, right? Yeah, I've played, I've played Heavy Rain. Yeah, you know how, like, the character you play has... You play as four characters. One of them, all four of them are trying to find a serial killer called the Origami Killer. Mm-hmm. One of the characters you're playing as, spoiler, is, is the Origami, the origami Killer. killer. And he's never once, like, alluding to the fact that he's the killer, even though you hear his inner thoughts. And it's just like, oh, so you just lied to me to get this twist. <laughs> That's what Metal Gear Solid Five does. Oh, my God, it's such fucking garbage. I am so mad. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry, but I almost wonder if our listeners are mad, because this is the, like, second or third time we've opened an undercooked analysis where you all you've talked about is Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> Oh my god, Jesus, it's it's so frustrating. It's a good game out of the context of Metal Gear. If you like Metal Gear Solid, though, it's fucking awful. It's unbelievable that they thought that this was a good idea. Well, I mean, there's there's got I mean, there's one there's reasons among many that Kojima left uh, Konami, so I mean, and that's the thing is I think it's Konami's fault. I but yeah, I, I well, can't it, it I can't I can't not think that Kojima had something to do with it too, though. No, well, because it's not. just directed so strangely, it makes no sense. Do you it's think? Fucking... He, do you think uh, he was trying to sabotage it, knowing that he was gonna maybe leave the company? I leave a bad taste. He, in people's he would. Mouths? He would really have to sabotage things well in advance, because the the differences weren't clear until about the whole PT thing happened, and then a little bit after that was when uh, he was fired. Right. Even though, even though they're trying to say that he wasn't fired now, that he just left, it, it's fucking weird. I they've they've had problems for a long time, Konami, with just about everything. Not the least of which voice talent. But <laughs> well, I mean, they um, trust me. Speaking from a uh, from uh, yeah, I mean, every, everything Konami touches right now is kind of weird. You know, uh, if I get Matt Holly in here again one of these days, he could he could go on and tell you about how. Granddaddy Konami does not know how to run a collectible card game because Yu-Gi-Oh is dying, like legit dying, and the community for it is dying off because they don't. I think know... you mean to say dead? Huh? I don't think it's dying. I think it's dead. Well, here's the thing: he he works at a card shop. That's like what he does, and he has hmm. to deal with Yu-Gi-Oh players and Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments. And he always tells me that Yu-Gi-Oh players are the most fucking annoying people he's ever had to deal with in his entire life. Now, I'm sure there's a. Now, that being said. He says there's a few people who wander through who are really legit. But part of the problem is um, not really the players, but the fact that uh, the way the game is set up, Konami does not think about the secondary market for their cards at all. Unlike Magic the Gathering, they do think about the secondary market for their cards. So they're always doing these weird ban lists and re-releases, and um, they have no control over their formats very well. And so the the price of cards just constantly fluctuates, and there's no way to, like make any good business off of them if you're um, selling the cards as individuals. So you inevitably 
either take losses or get weird like luck based things just on the whims of of Konami. Um, that, that's very strange. I, like that's a subject that is really impenetrable if you're not into card games, but it's so interesting. Yeah. Oh, I mean, trust me. I've I've been playing uh, Magic for oh years now, and and the one thing that's been consistent is is they know. They have a really good idea of how the game works, their game works, and how their meta game works. So they're always even, track. yeah, like even Pokemon as a game that's like supposed to be that's supposed to like democratize wins and losses with a bunch of coin flips. They're still very aware of like the competitive community, which is really cool. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's Magic like avoids um, I know a lot of the coin flipping stuff. I mean, there's a few cards that do do that, but it's just really interesting to me that Konami just doesn't get it. They just don't get how to run a collectible card game, and it's really starting. It's really starting to affect the gameplay community. And 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 Matt sees it every uh, like every weekend when he works at the shop and runs the and has to run the Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments. When he would much rather be with his friends playing Magic over at the next table down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure that is that to a certain degree, it's a babysitting job. Right. And I'm, I'm sure all of this is, uh, it, it kind of is, because uh, one of these days we'll just do an Undercooked where it's just Matt's horror stories about the people who come into his shop, because no one can spin a yarn like Matt Hawley, I'll tell you that much. He is, <laughs> the man who can make, tell a story and make anything interesting. Um, in a roundabout way, though, we're going to finally get around to what we're actually supposed to be talking about today, and I swear these intros get, like, longer and longer. Um, I, th- I think people, one, tune in for the conversations that we have and everything. But but I think they like our personalities enough to listen through our trite bullshit. <laughs> well, I would hope so. So, hey, gang, welcome back to another exciting episode of Undercooked Analysis. I am your host, David King, and with me is my co-host. Yes, I'm not going to lie. He is my co-host by this point, Dead Palette. <laughs> That's, so we're making it official now? I think it's official. It's, uh, it's going to be funny because this one's going to go up, and then there's going to be like two months of me not being on the show. <laughs> Well, we could also say we're, we're when we're recording this is actually just after Halloween, so we could just say you went as my co-host for Halloween. Yes, there we go. That works. So, uh, what are we looking at today? You you were the one who suggested this one to me, actually. Yes, because this is making the rounds, and I I didn't know what to think. I saw it like posted on Facebook. I saw it in various YouTube videos and everything, and I'm just like, what is this? When I eventually clicked on it, I was really flabbergasted it's like oh this is really funny as this story unfolds i started to realize that there are certain things about this story that just um can be recontextualized by it being read on this show this whole thing is called like the zola zolar moon Twitter story. <laughs> this is a story that's making its rounds where a woman just posted this ridiculous story on Twitter via a million tweets and people started, you know, just it, it blew up. It went viral. And I think that um, it might be a creepypasta and no one's calling it that. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, after you told me about this, I went and looked it up, and I'm I'm really starting to see your point here. But I haven't had a chance to look at it in really great detail. I read the whole darn thing, and by the end of it, I was just like, oh, fuck. Maybe this is a creepypasta. <laughs> Especially since uh, we, you and I have been interacting with uh, Nick Nocturne more and looking more at the 
you know, sort of ARG aspects of the genre that have come from, say, like the the people like Tribe Twelve or um, Everyman yeah, and, Hybrid. And, and sometimes you get, you get a lot of interactivity with the ARGs and stuff, but sometimes you just have stuff like this where it's a story that takes place over new media and new forums and social media and everything. And so even if this story really isn't interactive, it does have this cutting edge feel to it. And it has like this very vapid um, generational thing to it. Yeah. That I think is a, a, an element for good or bad of creepypasta. Mm-hmm. So there, there's that. So, so I am, I am amazed at this story. <laughs> it is clear. It's clearly supposed to be funny. Uh, but from the outset, they, they kind of tell you there's going to be some weird stuff that happens here. Yeah. It, it, that's, that's what I, I think is clever about it because it's like, um, and we'll, we'll get into why, but it follows um, a lot of our um, hypotheses, our theories of the, what makes, uh, what content, what in context constitutes a good creepypasta, a sense of realism and some weird minute details, something that ease you into a sense that this could be a real account. And then all of a sudden throws a weird, uh, a weird unsettling or creepy angle to it. Yeah, and uh, I don't think that this was intentionally written as a creepypasta. <laughs> I think that's just what it is, though. And so as we read it, we're going to go down the list of like all of the different qualities of creepypasta and how this like just hits every single box. Oh yeah, and it's going to be much like uh, we did when we we started 1999. This is going to be a weird little case study, but probably in all the right ways. Because for one, this is going to take us. Uh, four fucking episodes where then suddenly there's no. going to be a heel face turn and we're going to cry about it. So, yeah. So, um, fair before war- we, act- yeah, yeah. Go fair ahead. warning. We're going to be dropping a few, um, a few N words because they're just in the, they're just in the story. And so if you, uh, want to call us racist, you can, we, if we, you we, want, you can. just know that you're wrong because, uh, we're just reading these in the context they were written. We're not, and and we'll get into this, I'm sure, later, but that's another key part of this, is it's very much so written in uh, black vernacular, in, in a bonics. And so there is this overwhelming sense of personality mm-hmm. that just comes through in this story that makes you want to laugh at it and kind of, it kind of distances yourself towards what's actually going on. And I, I think that that's a weird, interesting effect here. But, Definitely. Um, We'll we'll read the first tweet and then I think we're going to try and do like five to ten tweets at a time before we interrupt each other because we we always interrupt each other. Oh, we do, and we're trying to get better at that. Uh, we've heard your what you've had to say, and uh, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna be a lot more careful about that. So uh, that um, means, are we gonna do this like kind of a tweet at a time, or are we gonna read them like five to ten tweets? Let, let's try and do like uh, five or ten tweets each, and I'll. Start off the first one, and then I'll go. Then we'll talk about that one a little bit, and then I'll do five cent tweets myself, and then we'll start. Okay, that sounds good. So yeah. yeah, this is your. This is your. You're the one who suggested this. This is in in essence your baby. So yeah, you you start this off. Okay, so the the twiddle the the twiddle the tweeter, uh, the, the Twitter tweet. handle is Zolar Moon, but I think the the alleged real name of this person is Azalea King, and so we're just gonna. Get right into this and ignore the fact that I have the whitest fucking voice in existence when oh. I read this. A couple um, of white guys reading a very black. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> Woman's Twitter. Yeah. This is why we need Spencer here. You could get Shanene to read this. <laughs> Shanene is the uh, the black woman that lives inside his head. Mm, okay. That's another out of context story, which is wonderful. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. Y'all want to hear a story about why me and this bitch here fell out? It's kind of a long story, but it's full of suspense. Laughing with emoticon. tears emoticon. Yeah. Crying with tears emoticon. And then we got four pictures. Yes. Four selfies. Of a black woman in, uh, it's kind of hard to see if she has, like, leopard print on. I think she has leopard print on. At least in a couple of them. Yeah, and then there's a white woman who is wearing leopard print. And they're duck-facing into a camera on Twitter Mm -hmm. with, like, twit pics. Mm -hmm. Okay, so all of a sudden, we're we're being told that there's going to be a lot of suspense here. And there's a very strong hook to the beginning of this. I'm still surprised this took off and went viral. It's kind of like a little bit random what takes off and goes viral. But this did have some gunpowder to the beginning of the story with this first tweet. No, it's just true. There's there's like, it hooks you. It's like, okay, here's the setup. And you're like, okay, now I'm, now I'm curious. It, at the very least, it pikes your curiosity a little bit. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't come on too strong, but you know no. there's going to be something... Uh, suspenseful happening, as they put it. It's kind if you of don't long. Know, you don't know what it is, though. Yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's anyway. kind of long, but full of suspense. And yes. that's the, that, there it is, right there. Okay. Okay, listen up. The story's long. So I met with this white bitch at Hooters. I was her waitress. She came in with this old-ass, big-ass black dude. So as you know, as a Hooters girl, we have to talk to our customers. So I sit with them, with them, and... We get to talking, and she tells me that she dances. So I'm like, oh, yes, bitch, me too. Then she tells me this hulking black man is her sugar daddy. And I'm like, oh, yes, bitch, my SD at home. I feel it, I feel it. So we vibing over our hoism or whatever, and we exchange numbers. And we like, next time you dance, I'm going to come dance with you. And they leave. Okay, so what's going on so far is that we have this... uh, black woman who works at Hooters. She dances. Um, she lives a lifestyle of having a richer guy take care of her and just be like, you know, an obedient house, you know, sex slave kind of deal. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but SD stands for sugar daddy. So mm-hmm. so we're getting the story where she's just, she just meets this uh, other hoe randomly, right? Yeah. And so... We're just like, okay, we're hitting it off. Um, do you want to continue on from here? Oh, yeah. You mean you mean in terms of the rest of the story? Because there's not a ton to talk about right here. It's, it's no. all pretty clear. Yeah. All right. So the next day I get a text like, bitch, let's go to Florida. And I'm like, huh? She's like, I'm going to dance in Florida. Let's go. Now, I'm skeptical. Like, damn, bitch, we just met and we already talking whole trips together. But <laughs> I had went to FL two months prior and made 15K. So low-key, I was down. So I was like, okay, I'll go. Who's all going and when we leaving? All this bitch says is be ready by 8. So I call her like, bitch, I said who's all going. And she says, my boyfriend and our roommate and my roommate with a pl- has a place in Tampa. So I'm like, okay, 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 I'll be ready. So I pack my baddest stripper wear and I'm ready. Now my nigga did not want me to go. He was so hurt. So I had to fuck him calm and then I left. 
Now, when I got to the car, it was a white boy, her BF, and this hulking black guy, not the same one. Uh, yes, I hear you laughing back there. So, <laughs> yes. so I texted her, on, and 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 um, for for context sake, uh, Dead Palette has cast me before in one of his things as a gay guy. <laughs> I'm not gay. I just sound gay. So believe me, it's really easy for me to fall into this. Uh, where was I? Oh yeah. Um, so I texted her on the slick while in the backseat, like, another sugar daddy? You got a type, bitch. And the black dude has her damn phone. So he starts laughing and he goes, I'm using your GPS. So I'm not an SD. I've known her for year, and I've known her and her dude for eight years. We all live together. So, so Jessica, the white bitch, pulls me to, uh, pulls me to the side and is like, we gonna be at the club all night. This room for, uh, this room for Jarrett, not us. Don't even trip. So I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, bitch, okay. But trust me, I am not laying my head here. So we leave our shit at the motel with Jarrett and head to the club. Let's go ahead and pause there for a okay, second. yes. Um, I could just so, picture you sitting there, just like knuckles in your mouth. Yeah, uh, this is a little funny to me. But like, so, so we're already starting to get the sense that, okay, this woman has, you know, this white guy and this black guy, and there, there's a whole alternative lifestyle going in going on already right <laughs> yeah and so uh the black dude has her phone right mm-hmm. and so like you want to talk about the implications there well uh it's definitely setting up uh something that gets you know displayed early on clearly this guy is you know he's not the sugar daddy but we're they they set up Pretty clearly, like, like there's some them hints there that he's got he's got some power over her. This this guy, and the implication there is that maybe she's not she's not just a dancer, you know. Yes, and so we're, we're already dealing with two guys, and uh, you know who who is Jared at this point? Because um, I was kind of confused of as like what's going on here. Yeah, I was confused too. I mean, a little later later on, for context sake, um. Jarrett is the Jarrett's the white guy. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna they, we'll find out more about that. And again, it's it's interesting because we do, you do get the whole you do get mostly the whole picture eventually, but you're you're you are getting this through the filter of this this woman's um, um, vernacular, you know. Yeah, and and you're already dealing with this vernacular, and it's it's written in such a way as to like it's not just the vernacular. There's also some like things that aren't explicitly spelled out. Right, and if you if you're not used to Twitter and how it works, because because it, it's very impenetrable to a lot of people, myself included. Same. You're you're not quite understanding exactly what's going on and in what order, but you the that kind of makes figuring it out funner, makes it more enjoyable, and there's this aspect of the black vernacular here. That is trying to like that, that makes you want to distance yourself from it. It's kind of like, oh, here's this over the top black woman. This is just going to be a funny story, and she's going to say, "Oh hell no," a bunch of times. And it, you know, you get this very simple formulaic stereotype in your head that kind of prevents you from really digging into what's going on. Yeah, there's it's the it's the it's the whole kind of like stereotype effect, you know. Yeah, and there are times when that doesn't like really prevent a story from being read, but here she's like just overflowing with this personality 
And so all you're seeing is the personality and you're not actually paying attention to the story very much. Right. But, and it's, and it kind of, it's kind of a strength to it because we, because it's just fun to read. Like I, I, I kind of like where I kind of, you know, I kind of like where she's coming from. Also, it's interesting that she's just willing to throw everything down just out of nowhere and then go on a trip to Florida, you know? Yeah. And so you're already getting this idea that she's, um, she's down for that kind of stuff, but she's a little taken aback by it. But yeah. she's like, okay, okay, we'll do this. She she seems like a very, like, oh, yeah, well, whatever, let's just go. Like, fly on the seat of her pants, kind of, you know? Yeah, and that character building uh, turns out even more interesting in the future. So where did we leave off? Oh, yeah, we were, we left off at, uh, they, they were going to a club. Are we, yeah, oh, okay. Uh, so we work in, it was the king of, uh, it was the king of slow. It was a early Friday night. The club was hella, had hella rules, which I'm not used to. I'm full nude type of bitch. But this club requires pasties and boy shorts and all of this other shit. Whatever. So after making about $800, I was ready to go. I was talking to some dude trying... Uh, she was talking. Trying, oh, she was talking to some dude trying to talk him out of his wallet in exchange for numbers. So I was like, call your man. I'm ready. She calls the black dude. And I'm like, um, that's not your man, but okay. So I pull her, uh, pull her to the side before he pulled me up. Like, what's up with your roommate? And she was like, we're really close. Before I met Jared, I was with him. So uh, he was taking care of me. And I was like, oh, well, I don't need that. Taking mm-hmm. care of me is stripper language um, means she was uh, her pimp. So I was like, does Jared know? And she's like, of course not. Strike one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is, what's funny is I want to say there, it's nice that she's going through all this and then she pauses here at this point to give us the to give us some uh, a, a bit of context. Like for those of you not in the know. Yeah. And it's it's, again, already interesting because there's already been lingo that she's skipped over where you don't have to work very hard. You can kind of figure out, you know, certain things. But, like, yeah, if you don't sure. know what taking care of me means, you know, you're kind of fucked. <laughs> so she explains that, but then there's other things that she just doesn't explain. And so it's very selective, it's very flawed, and it's very human, which I think is important. Oh, yeah. No, I like that. And also I like that she, it's sort of like when she says the strike one, it's like we're starting to get a sense of, like, uh, remember how she promised there would be suspense in this story? Yes. We're like, okay, there's a pimp involved here. That's not good. She's getting. She's going to get caught up in something a lot bigger. But at this point, you're still kind of like, oh, no, this is going to be wacky shenanigans, you know? Yeah, and, and she's just kind of a ride along for the ride. You know, she wasn't the one, you know, providing the ride and everything. So she's kind of tethered to, to this woman now. She's kind you know? of stranded with this woman who didn't reveal that, you know, she was traveling around with her pimp, basically. So Yeah, okay. So you want to continue on from strike one? Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. So then she goes, I didn't make anything tonight. What do you make? Because he's going to ask. And I said, um, that's not y'all's business, Jess. Chill. So he pulls up as soon as we get and he goes, what y'all make? And we said at the same time, nothing. So he goes, damn, my girl. Said she had a bad night too. We finally go pick her up. Her fiance who lives down here. We pick her up, and she goes, nobody made shit. Y'all want a trap? Trap in stripper lingo means trick. So Jessica goes, hell yeah. You got some clients? I'm in the back on mute. 
he was like, you can, you can get some. So Jess is like, yeah, I need a trap. But Jared is all, but Jared is at the room and he goes, I wasn't putting y'all in the shithole that was for him, not y'all. I'm still quiet. We pull up to the nice to the, to a nice ass hotel on the other side of town, and he goes, "I'll get the clients together and text y'all off this." Sometimes it's a little hard to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's. Again, it's I'm not, trying to I'm trying to get it all it's down. It's not I'm, perfectly uh, structured sentences, but and it's through the Twitter format, it's just like fucking with you. But that's fucking that's credence. That's like credence to the story. You know? Yes. Oh yes. Oh yeah. So uh, should I should I keep going? Uh, yeah, I'd go a little further. All right. He handed her a trap phone. So I am mind blown at this point. Somebody gets to the room. Nick, it, nice as fuck. Just me and Jess, and I start going off. Bitch, you got me fucked up. I'm not about to play with you, ho. With you, ho. I'm going home. So she starts crying, and she's like, I didn't want to make this trip home. Take this trip alone. Please don't leave me. I really be... I, I would be so scared alone. She's fucking sobbing. I'm like, OMG. Really? Now I'm feeling re- bad for the hoe. <laughs> okay, she... so yeah, so yeah. Oh yeah, we'll this is a good there. spot. So there's, so we're getting this idea that she's just kind of like, you know, oh shit, this guy's a pimp. What is he gonna do? I just kind of gotta go along with this woman. But mm-hmm. what the fuck did she drag me into? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know anything about this woman, and I was kind of like putting trust in her that she knew what she was doing. And this is getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> and so like we're we're already getting some of the drama of like oh they expected me to have pasties which i don't know do, do you think most people know what that means i think most people well i think most like people the, would a little tassels that you put on nipples yeah it's like yeah it's instead of wearing like a like a bra or something yeah so a little sticky a little sticky stick on yeah so there's a little bit of like misdirection from the get-go of like oh this you know, strip club has weird regulations and everything, but then the story like takes a left turn into the world of no regulations. Right. Well, no, what's funny is I want to uh, point out again. She tries to point out the lingo again. You know, trap and stripper lingo means trick, and it's like you have to stop for a second. And go wait, trick? You <laughs> yeah, just you just right? replaced one bit of, bit of lingo with another bit of lingo. So. Yeah. But but I mean you if, by this point if you're really following along you have and you don't you don't know what's going on you have enough context to maybe put a picture together you know yeah oh where were we oh yeah uh yeah go for it no I'm feeling bad for this she's like you can check uh the guys in he's not going to force you to trap I said oh bitch I know he's not going to I know he's not going to I'll kill his ass dead. Kill y'all, verbatim. So she cleans herself up there, and there's a knock at the door. I open the door, and some fat-ass white man goes, I'm here for the white girl. (laughs) Yes, of course. All right. Um, So I check his pockets, take his wallet, and let him in. They start fucking right on the bed next to me. It was a fucking mess. A mess. (laughs) Oh, God. So, So when they finished, he gave her $100. I says, Jess, you selling puss for a hundred dollars? Pussy worth a thousand? You tripping? She's <laughs> like, I don't make the prices. The prices are already discussed before they come in. So I was like, bitch, no. If you go and do this, do it right. <laughs> so I took some pics of her and put them on the backstage, along with a trap phone number 
with a minimum $500, the phone starts blowing up. And I was like, see, bitch, you got a C that's spelled S-E, nothing else. Say bitch. Say bitch. Uh, and I was like, say bitch, you got a nigga coming up right now giving you 500 for 15 minutes. He comes, uh, I check him in, they get in, he leaves. So we're, we're starting to see that this character, again, is is very um, fly by the seat of her pants. And she's like, you know, I don't want to be a prostitute. But, but if you're going to be a prostitute, like, come the fuck on. Like, $100? <laughs> which, which, which also makes it kind of weirdly, like, like, the fact that she just rolls with that. Like, she's like, I'm not interested in any of this. And then she's just like, bitch, what? And then they just, like... She just goes for it, and then it's like, wow, you didn't want to be involved. Now you're involved. Yeah, and uh, it's it's really funny, though, because it's like, if you look at the average price for, like, a hotel room, it's it's uh, more than $100, you know, <laughs> like, for a nice one. Oh, yeah, jeez. And, so, like, and so she's selling it for $100, and, like, how many people can you get? And so she's, like, all of a sudden, from being this... Um, character that you would almost think is passive comes very aggressive and she kind of like becomes the pimp. She yeah, becomes this empowered is, person. Which is very interesting. And she's like, it's like, if you're going to do this again, it's like I said, if you're going to do this, you got to do it right. Cause you're worth way more than like a hundred dollars. That's just, that's just ridiculous. So then she does the whole back page thing. And yeah. then, and that just like, just sets everything up. What, what is back page by the way? Are they like talking like, um, Craigslist or I'm thinking it, it's probably like a, it's probably like a pimp. Craigslist? I don't know. That's that's Craigslist, my friend. Um, <laughs> good point, good point. Um, so the the trap phone thing we can kind of assume is just like a burner phone that is really cheap, doesn't matter. You just get it, set it up. It's 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 so people can't link. People don't call your uh, your your private number. You have another phone that's for when specifically you're out, you know, you know, on the job. Doing your hoism. Yeah. Um and so we also see this. I love the line about it's a fucking mess. It's a, a mess. mess. So, so they're just like having sex right in front of her, and like not even considering her. It's it's really funny. I like. But how... I think that I think that that's um, what I call the fat man in a chicken mask masturbating. Oh effect yeah. From normal porn, it's just like the, the gross out factor is not necessarily that sex is happening. It's just like, oh, I guess I'm here for this. Okay. I like how blasé she is about it. Like, I could just picture her standing there, like, as this is happening, and she just kind of, like, rolls her eyes, and she's just doing her own thing. She's probably checking her phone, you know? Like... Yeah. <laughs> and, um... It's like what, when, when something really weird happens at a party, and everyone just kind of goes with it, it's like, well, um, I'm gonna stay out of this, but you're gonna regret that in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that, uh, it's something that we want to laugh at and everything because she's laughing at it, but it it is like this weird, strange fiction kind of deal. Oh yeah, of you being included in this moment, it, and now she's including you in this moment. It's like I can't, like you're not going to believe this story. This happened. Well, now she's uh, and now she's now we're we're starting to see some of the payoff, you know. Yeah. Now she's in. Now she's not just passively in it. She's in it, and we are right along there with her, and we're just like, oh boy. And, oh boy, things are going to escalate from here. It's interesting because this is happening over Twitter, 
and looking at how much we've read as compared to how much is left, we're in the second act. Yeah, this this, point, this yeah. story is is structured as like a, a traditional five act structure. It's really weird. Oh, it really? How yeah. traditional it is. <laughs> uh, so you want to continue on from here? All right, we'll pick up. Yeah, I'll I'll do that. <clears throat> okay. We are doing this all night. She fucked about 20 dudes, and her sorry-ass pimp only sent three of them. So many sad, like, just, ugh, emoticons. Just just progressively getting sadder and sadder. So around 6 a.m., Jarrett calls. She answers on speaker, and he is going off. Where the fuck are are you and Zola? The club being closed. She goes, you went to another club because it was was slow. So I'm Googling 24-hour clubs. Florida has a few. Trying to help her lie, and he is not having it. He's livid. He goes, if you went home with a dude, you're dead. So he asks to speak to me? I was like, man, I'm going to end up killing these crazy white niggas tonight. So he starts cursing me out. Where are y'all? I know she's lying. Don't be a hoe like her, Zola. I said, I promise you I'm not. He hangs up on me, and that was it. We didn't hear from him for the rest of the night. We fall asleep. A few hours later, the black dude, I still don't know his name, comes up. He's like, how much you make tonight? Jess goes, uh, 5500 And I was like, WTF? What the fuck? Why is she telling the truth? Why I is she telling her, the truth? Not him. Uh, so, yeah, we're starting to, th- that, like, she is saying it herself, like, I did that. This is my trick now. I am a better, I am a better pimp than the pimp. And it's absolutely true. She has, like, the most common sense in the world of, like, $100. That's absolutely idiotic. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm right with her. Also, um, the stuff with Jarrett is kind of interesting, you know? Yeah, it, it's, like, it's uh, almost like they're managing things. Um, <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> So it it is having that effect of like this woman is trying to manage all of these different guys and manage all of these different lies and everything, mm-hmm. and Azalea is just like helping them out here. Zola's helping them out, <laughs> and it's like you you gotta start being more logical about this. And the whole telling them the honest amount of money she made, you're just like, why? Why are you doing this? Oh, it's so obvious you shouldn't be doing this. You just made all this money that is like making the five times as much money, if not more, because you're getting more guys in. <laughs> it's like this cost-benefit analysis, and she's just like, I'm trying to wisen you up. I'm trying to smarten you up to this. Right. Uh, did you have anything else to say about this part? Not really. I mean, okay. is it going to be one of those weird cases where I'm just kind of sitting here just going, yeah? Yeah. Trust me, I'll speak up when I really feel it. Well, I mean, okay. I feel an old thing, but when I really have something to say. <laughs> so you're vibing. We conversing over <laughs> a hoism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Taking the brief intermission. I'm eating... Um, leftover halloween candy and it's really tart it's it's like a bunch of skeleton bones i don't know I'm sure, i just felt I'm it was sure. appropriate yes <laughs> so uh you want to take you want to you want me to keep going or you want to take over um I'll, I'll keep reading it's just i think you're doing a better job of it than well, i am. see i'm having fun with it like this okay it's fun to do but you honestly uh, how, about, how about you go for it you sure yeah yeah all right 
So he goes, what the fuck? How? That's good, but I only sent you three clients. She goes, Zola made me a back page. And I was like, wow, 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 wow. Here we go. So he goes, you can do my job better than me? And I said, I was just helping her out. I IRDC. IRDC. I have no fun. Oh, here's, here's the sound of Googling that thing. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, IRDC, your clients were cheap. He started laughing. He goes, give me the money. She gave him all of it, and he goes, thanks, Zola. You're a real one, and he throws 500 at me. I put that shit right in my bra. The fuck? He, uh, and Jess goes, I mean, the fuck? And Jess goes, what about me? And he said, you owe me rent, Jess. You haven't paid in months. And I was like, damn. <laughs> uh, IRDC means I really don't care. Oh. <laughs> I, okay. That's, that's, that, uh, Zola... Uh, a Zia King here, like, yeah, that that fits with what we got so far. She's just trying to act blasé about everything. Yeah, she's. It, it's a it's amazing how well she's managing for how shitty the situation oh is. Oh my god, yeah. So she's just taking this horrible situation and turning it into like this hilarious story. Mm -hmm. And this is just her common sense. Uh, <laughs> you want to keep going? I guess if you want me to, go this for it. Turned into me reading. I, I, Trust me, this is, I'm on a roll. Okay, hold on. Um, I lost my place. <laughs> like, damn. Oh. How can I lose my place after that? So we leave and head, we leave and head to Jarrett in the Raggedy Motel. Cuss our shit, cut, cause our shit was there. As we pull up, Jarrett chilling outside smoking weed with some dude. Pay attention here. That's in all caps, you know she's serious. Two exclamation points, not Two one. She had a lot it's of question not, marks earlier, but... Yeah, it's not, it's not an interrobang. It's not a question mark and uh, exclamation point. It's an interrobang bang. It's, oh, yeah. It's, it's very serious. Pay attention here. We get out and walk up to them, and Jarrett goes, Here they go. The pimp goes, Here who go, little nigga? Who dis? Jarrett starts laughing, and he was like, He was asking me who I was here with, and I said, My girl and her friends, and that's all. Chill out. The guy Jarrett was talking to laughs and goes, I'll catch you later, man. Nice meeting you. He leaves. He was a black dude with dreads, a Florida nigga. So I was all, so we all go up to the room and, oh wait, do we want to talk about that real quick? Uh, no, I, I'm cool to keep going. So we all go to the room and the pimp is going off on Jarrett. You don't know these niggas. I can't believe you told him, him two bitches in here. And Jarrett goes, he asked why I was out here, and, uh, out here mad last night. All I said was my girl went to work with her friend and I ain't want, and I ain't want her to. Now the pimp screaming, so that nigga know it's money up here now? Hell no, we gotta go now. And me and Jess are like, so many embarrassed, sad emoticons. <laughs> Shocked. <laughs> um, although so, it is important to stop here, because despite yes. the blase thing, no, it's true. Jarrett made a big mistake. We're, we're, we're seeing some cutthroat stuff going on here. And the pimp, he's right to be like, oh shit, you fucked yeah. it up. And so that's the thing that's that's a little bit difficult to understand about this story, is you're managing all these fucking guys, and they keep calling them different things. Yeah, I mean, it's only just now that I'm really starting to get a sense that Jarrett, Jarrett's the white dude, uh, the, the, the other guy, he's the pimp, and now we got this other guy, this guy with the dreadlocks. Uh, so many people. Yeah, so you're, you're already having trouble managing who's what and what relationship they have with each other. It's like, 
this person's okay with her stripping and this person's okay with her being a whore. Like there's all of these different but Jared's <laughs> levels. Not, but yeah. Jared's not Jared's like, okay, whatever you're a stripper. I don't care. We're, we're a thing. But then like, Oh, it's just like, he doesn't, I, oh, it's just ridiculous. I'll tell you what, I need a break. Your turn. <laughs> okay. So we're, we're oh, look for the sad so we pack, Yeah. So we pack our shit and head out and we to, went to a nicer hotel about 20 minutes away. So the pimp was like, Zola, keep an eye on Jarrett. And I was like, oh, shit. He didn't promote me to look out and shit. So he leaves to go back to his fiance at home. And Jared and Jess start arguing. He was like, I know you was tripping, Jess. I saw you the back, uh, the back page at home. Uh, and he shows her a screenshot. And I was like, oh, shit, here we go. So... <laughs> So he starts crying like a bitch. Like, uh, I was like, wow. He's like, I thought you were done with this. I didn't come back. Uh, I didn't come back to Florida for this. You messy. Then he turns to me and is like, this what you came here for, Zola? I said, hella nah, Jawa. Hella nah. Hell nah. Okay, there we go. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, that doesn't sound like black vernacular. Um, I said, hell nah, hell nah. Jared was low-key setting me up. I'm not fucking with y'all after this. He goes, how you even set up your friend? You such a hoe. So they argue in for hours, and I leave and go down to the pool. I mean, I am in Florida. <laughs> She's got the right oh. idea. I just, um, yeah. I love I love that Jared's like, wow, you even set up your friend. You such a hoe. And I like that he's he's saying that to um, to Jess. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, like, in a weird way, uh, you know, Zola's thinking the same thing at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's very strange, too. Like, I'm, I'm kind <laughs> of getting, I'm kind of giving the feeling that he's being a bit whiny, that he's not, like, just mad, but yeah. there's, like, this undercurrent of, like, whiny bitchness oh. that's flowing under his words. This is such a, it's such a surreal thing, this whole thing. And then, of course, all this is happening, and then she just goes to the pool, like, I'm in Florida, I can do it. And that that's a very, um, that's something I like to do in my writing, is just, like, this, this break from the horror, this break from the strangeness, where it's just, like, you know, if, if you're in an experience like this, and you're in, like, a real-life horror story, you're going to find some point to just escape the fucking story and so she's just like i'm piecing out to the pool there's a pool a i have access to the pool i'm going to the pool they are staying in a nicer hotel i bet the place they uh they were staying in before didn't have a pool well i'm sure it did and i'm sure it was messy well this one's a lot better so yeah and so we we, we are getting uh vernacular here of like messy and this kind of stuff and <laughs> and these kinds of um this kind of vernacular changes on a regular basis. And so like, it's like going across so many generations of like weird slang terms. And so it's like, you're using, like you mentioned earlier, using one slang term to describe another slang term. Yeah. Um, uh, um, anyway. I just, I just want to say that uh, one thing I want to point out again is like uh, in the previous one, you know, when she's like, uh, this is what you came here for Zola. Zola, you know, explains that she's low-key set me up. I'm not fucking with y'all after this. And I think to myself, okay, see, she's just, right now with the pool, she's just making the best of a bad situation. Yeah, because, like, what she, 
What you gonna do? Like walk back to fucking her home? We don't even know where they came from originally. We but, don't even but know we how know far it's she in had another to go goddamn state. To get to Florida. Yeah, we at least know it's in a different state, though. Yeah, for sure. And so, uh, it probably can't be too far because she has been to Florida before. She's like gone there on a regular basis mm-hmm. to do stripping too. Mm-hmm. But still, uh, so I'll kind of continue on from here. Okay. So my man calls me. I lied and said everything was okay. I didn't want him worrying. I said have a nice dinner, and then the pimp calls the trap phone. I'm going to break our rule and just talk about this tweet real quick. I like that uh, she's she's lying, but it's a much more... She's, like, not lying to manage stuff. Her lie at this point is just really, like, look, I'm not even going to make him worry. How can I explain this shit over the phone? I'm just like... No, things are fine. Yeah, we're just you were just going around. Because she hasn't done anything. No, she hasn't. She she hasn't like been unfaithful or anything at all. No, she's just caught up in circumstance. The only thing she's done is, if anything, is make help make get Jess to make a bit more money. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. On a very special undercooked analysis. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I answer and he's like, since you a uh, madam and shit, do that shit again tonight. But set all uh, up out calls only because this hotel too nice to trap out of. <laughs> so so the this hotel is is not a horror hotel. No, clearly not. The other place they were in, though. I mean, yeah, it just it's just funny. And I like the vernacular of madam, as in like a, a female pros- uh, female pimp. Yeah, basically. Um... If you if you didn't catch that, I think it's pretty self explanatory. No, I, I it, it is, and I, I like that. <laughs> I like that. And I, w- I was like, cool, I got you, especially for another five hundred. So I go up to the room and told Jess to get ready. Jarrett goes, what the fi- what the fuck again, bitch? No, I said, Jarrett, calm down, please. This white nigga punching himself, like crazy people do, dog. And I was like, oh, hell no. So I like that. He's like, he's, his bitchness is really coming through with him being this edgelord and punching himself. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and she's just like, this is some crazy white people bullshit happening. (laughs) So he goes, and and it's, and it's good too. Like this is, uh, to, to reference an author. I really like, this is like that one part from, um, uh, salt. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When, when, when he's just like flipping out in the middle of the night, just like with his arms up in the air, like I am the greatest. <laughs> I am the greatest. This guy has like this giant ego of like, oh, this is really going to be intimidating. I'm going to punch myself. Ah, uh, yeah. The, the, the... And so he's he's he is hanging on by a thread. Oh my goodness. He is he is about to explode. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Yeah, no, he's this, and and it gets we that gets cleared up a little bit early on, but you can just feel the sort of like ah, you know, inner the inner nerd scream going on as while this is happening, you know. This this guy kind of reminds me of um, have you seen uh, Gran Torino? Uh, I have not seen Gran Torino. There's just this one part where a white guy who's trying to be ghetto walks up to like a group of like straight up gangsters and is just trying so hard to fit in. And so this guy is trying so hard to 
be intimidating. And he's not intimidating in the way that he wants to be. He's intimidating in a whole nother way of like, <laughs> this guy's dangerous and stupid. Oh, definitely. He's not, he's not hard. He's so soft, he's hard. <laughs> okay. It's true. Um, so he goes, if you do this again, Jess, I will kill myself. Oh, I love we... you too much. Oh, my God. There we go. Oh, my God. There it is. It was like this nigga lost in his sauce and this bitch lost in the game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. This guy is fucking dork of the highest level. Mm-hmm. He's a keener. Oh, such a keener. <laughs> so oh, I my said, God. Jer- so I said, Jarrett, sit the fuck down. Jess, come on so I can take some pics. It's already 10 o'clock. Y'all playing. So I make her a fresh ad. We come out of the bathroom. I did her hair and makeup and shit. And Jared goes, Everyone, everybody knows you a hoe now. Fuck you. I'm going home. And I, I, I said, huh? I want to go home. That specifically. Oh, I want to go like, home. Okay. Fuck you. I want to go home. This is... This is simultaneously hilarious and disturbing. It is. It's like it's it's kind of sad just how Oh yeah, it's yeah. fucking it's it's super sad. I really yeah. like the idea of having antagonist and creepypasta who are pathetic. Extre- yeah, very very pathetic. Yeah. That is very interesting to me cuz as as we move into this age of you know, like school shootings and this kind of stuff, we are starting to see these very pathetic people uh, do this stuff for attention. Uh-huh. And so the idea of a pathetic uh, protagonist is becoming more and more popular. It used to be in the past you would have, like, scoundrels, and you would have people who are cowards, but they knew they were cowards, and so they just kind of, like, whatever makes you more angry that I'm a coward. This guy is just fucking unapologetically pathetic. Oh, Definitely. Especially uh, considering, especially considering what he just did. Yes, we're gonna. It gets revealed in the next uh, couple tweets here. And he, and he's also, it's also funny too because he's like, oh, I thought you was like faithful. It's like this woman's clearly a fucking hoe. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> he just, but he's he's lost in it. He's got a delusion. He's got a delusion yes. going on here. Like just that, because that's, that's because... another thing too is delusional antagonist. Exactly. But I mean, yeah, continue. What did you want to say? Something else? Oh no, no, no. I'm I'm fine. Okay. I think that I think, but that that it remains to be seen just to the length, just how what length Jarrett is gonna go here to be a pathetic edge lord. <laughs> yes. But but it's it's you know it's 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 important because um I'm gonna do you, do you mind if I take the next bit? Go for it. All right. He throws his phone at her, and it's her Facebook. A status of both ads. Her mom is on there going off <laughs> in the comments. Ugh. Jessica starts bawling. Oh my god, my mom had my daughter this week. How could you? She's on the floor <laughs> literally breaking down. I was like, em- emoticon, 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 emoticon. <laughs> I, think, I think every time those emoticons come up, Zola is just like... Oh my god, I'm embarrassed for you. I don't even know what to say at this point. This like just poor Zola. And like just ha- my mom had my daughter this week. Oh mm. my gosh. So Jessica calls the pimp and tells, "Jared just put everything on Facebook my whole family sees." The pimp goes, "I told I told Zoe to watch him." Literally 5 minutes later, it's the pimp banging at our door. He comes in with his fiance this time and snatches Jared up by the neck. 
He wasted no time. He goes, I should really kill your ass. Jarrett is dangling off the ground, crying, please don't, please. Loki, I'm crying. <laughs> oh. So so she is a little freaked out by this. Well, yeah, she's she, she thinks she's going to see someone die. I yeah. Mean, holy shit. Is... <laughs> you, don't it's, fuck, you don't it's... fuck with a pimp. And it's funny too, because like, you know, you know, obviously we're we're not condoning anything here, no. but it's just like, holy shit, this pimp has a lot of restraint, right. like a strange amount of restraint. He's just like, it's it's almost like he has a fiance. He's probably starting a family, but at the same time, he's a pimp, and so he just has like, he, he has like a strange morality to him where he's just like, man, I just. You're not fucking worth killing. That like, but I really should. Right. Oh my it's, god. It's funny. Which is which is um. Oh, it's just. Mm. D- I'm having a hard idea, time. The idea that he wouldn't just like immediately beat the shit out of him is really strange. You know. There must have some because I think there I must would, be some history there. Yeah, like I think in that situation, I would just be like, I don't fucking care if i'm if i've already lived a life of being a pimp wouldn't you just be like i don't fucking care i'll just like wax this motherfucker yeah well i would i yeah and putting yourself in that context but there's something there that's keeping him from doing it it's maybe it's because of jess maybe it's because of uh of uh, jared himself but it could also be again you kill somebody that's gonna leave a trail it, it also might be like this this pimp is like what can i get out of zola and also where I'd be able to get her to keep pimping him, uh, Jess if I kill someone in front of her. Yeah, oh, there, there's that to keep into account for sure. So, yeah. yeah. You want to continue? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's about to get even more real. Yeah. The, the fiancé... It, it, it snowballs in realness. Oh, my... Yeah, well, in terms... Yeah, real is in that sense. It's like... It, you, it's almost hard to imagine any of this, like, happening to a person, but which... Again, is why this it's working out is we have some credence behind this. It's like, okay, wait, wait, did this happen? Because this is nuts. It's almost too nuts to be like, would someone make this up? So Yes. The fiance pulls out a handgun, y'all. She goes, You want to you want to bay or what? Fuck him. He did our girl so wrong, I was like, Oh my fucking god. So now Jess steps in. She's she's like, please don't. Just beat his ass, Z. He was like, Oh, his name's Z? I was like, Oh, his name's Z? Okay, got it. So he puts him down. Z goes, Nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill his manhood, though. And he sits on the bed next to his fiance. He goes, Sit in front of me, Jarrett. I like where this is going. Oh, boy. He I does. love where this is going. He does. Still crying. He goes, Delete the post and give me your phone. He did it. Then he goes, Come here, Jess. I was so lost. His fiance unbuckled his pants and Jess gets on her knees and starts sucking his dick in front of Jarrett and I I was like, yo Oh, it's fucking great. <laughs> he then gets up and starts fucking Jess from the back. Jarrett is just sitting there. I'm standing with my mouth to the floor. Oh my god. <laughs> and so and so this is so many things at once. Oh my god. I this is hilarious. This is disturbing. This is pathetic. This is oh my god. It's just you you get so many weird emotions from that. 
Right. Like, oh, you, you, and you know, you weren't kidding when you said, think about it in the context of creepypasta here, guys. Look at this is a shitstorm. This is a shitstorm happening in front of you right now, and it's all been kind of set up to. Yeah, and there's also this. Um, I, I really like strange ideas in porn, and so like you know what a cuckold is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we're dealing with this idea right here, and oh my god, it just works in a creepypasta format, doesn't it? It really does. And, it, and it doesn't. Yeah, and I think that sex is a really underdeveloped part of creepypasta. I think people don't think of all of the weird stuff they just only observe the fetishes they like and so they're not weird to them but there's just so many weird things out there and when you put it in this context it does have a disturbing thing to it you know yeah, it really does um and I, I it is it is underutilized and um you know it's like again one of the reasons normal porn for normal people sticks out is because it's got like you the whole thing is just brimming with weird fetishes and that's what makes it so creepy yeah, among and other all, things. Because there's also, um, I think, an underutilized idea of ritual kind of paralleling porn, mm-hmm. kind of paralleling sex. And so there's like all of these um, weird, almost ritualistic things happening in normal porn. Right. And, and, and you don't, it, you like, you feel like there's a context to it, but you're not getting any of it. Yeah. And you hear um, phrases like, earth porn and gun porn and things like that where things that aren't sexual have a repetitive nature ascribed to them that's like sex so it's like oh look at that gun has like all of those different kinds of like accessories to it that's really cool and you just like obsess over that yeah and then you you post a picture gun porn yeah and so food porn and i so i think that's i think that's something that should be explored more in creepypasta is this idea of not only sexuality, but just like how it's ritualistic and how things that aren't sexual can be made that way. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's yeah. a long tangent. Anyway, we should. Oh keep yeah, thing. we we we've got a, we still got a ways to go, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. But it gets better. Oh my god! If you oh. if you've listened this far, stick with us. If you listened this far, thank you. Thank you. And thank and you for not leaving us. angry comments. Oh. Yes. Sorry, oh. I cut you off. We were trying no, not to keep do going. that. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, we keep doing that. Anyway, go, yeah, go, go. It'd be it would be so much better if we could like see each other and like not have anyway. See um, those social cues. Social cues. Uh, the fiance right next to them with a gun in her lap. I was like, damn. So then he gets up and says, "Go clean up, Jess. You gotta work." Oh, fuck, this guy's cold. He looks up at Jared and says, "Any questions?" Jared says, "I want to go home." Uh, <laughs> the emoticons. <laughs> <laughs> laughing, crying, laughing, skull, crying, laughing. I laughed out loud. I couldn't help it. <sighs> oh, d- d- stay classy, Zola. You're wonderful. And Z goes, nah, I'm going to spend the night with my girl, so you go and take gesture or out calls. And I was like, damn, that's fucked, bro. Oh, man. Why, why is Z still relying on Jarrett to do things? Look what Jarrett just did. I mean, sure, there was an intimidation tactic done right there, but even someone pathetic like Jarrett's going to only take so much shit, right? Yeah, it's it's very strange, too. It's just like, apparently that's how much power he has over him. Uh, apparently. Fuck. Uh, he goes, Zola got, Zola got the clients and addresses so y'all can take her, and him and his fiance leave. The room is silent for the next 30 minutes. Swear. 
first client calls and says he's ready. So Jarrett take, uh, takes us. Z left a handgun, but told me not to tell them. He slid it to be on the slick. He texted the trap phone like, I'm trusting you with my bitch, Zola. If anything goes left, use it. I was like, what, nigga, I can't. So anyway, Jarrett uh, took us about to about four clients, and then the phone was slow. Me and Jarrett were in the car together while she was working, so we started ha uh, having deep convo. He really wasn't a bad dude, but he was bipolar, very bipolar. So I understood his outburst a little more. Okay, that's important. Oh my god, this is so ableist. <laughs> oh my god, look at this excuse for characterization. Saying a character is bipolar, that's so offensive. I'm almost doing a muttly laugh because of that. Oh. Okay. So, like, we're... <laughs> mm. So, what's being described here really doesn't sound like bipolar disorder. No. And I think that this happens a lot, too, is when you, like, really start diagnosing this, that, and the other thing, people turn it into, like, a character trait. Oh. It's, it's, it's sort of weird. So it's like, oh, I'm so OCD, I'm so bipolar, I'm so ADHD and all of this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And so, like, even if he's not bipolar, even if he is bipolar, that's not really what the problem is, it seems. No. No, the problem is social, uh, a social ineptitude. <laughs> and among that... other things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> to put it lightly. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so I, I just think it's funny because they like, again, we're, I for, I'd almost forgotten about the out call thing, but that was that's part of it. And like, at this point, uh, Zola's in super deep. She has a gun. Yeah. She has a gun. It, oh, my God. <clears throat> so we head back to the hotel, and I figure this one last call late as fuck. And the client says, I got 5000 but I want two bitches. I said, oh, sorry, we only have one. The client goes, well, I got 2000 for one, but it's four dudes, and we only do in-calls. So I was like, wow, what? So I text Z and told him. He was like, hell yeah, tell him to come on. So I set it up. Last minute, the client goes, actually, out-call is fine, and gives me an address. So we get in the car and head to the address. Jess goes, it's four of them. Can you just wait in the hall, please? I was like, bitch, I, come on. And it's three, like, just, ugh, faces. Three okay, ugh so emoticons. We should probably make sure people know what's being said here. So, like, obviously, we're dealing with the terms in-call and out-call. So, like, they aren't going to a hotel. They're actually going into someone's house. Which is, uh, which, well, which is pretty risky yeah and you're already so like that's that's kind of why there's this apprehension here mm -hmm. and i'm, I'm trying well, to figure it's funny out because there's a there's a switch too because it's like they only do in calls and then all of a sudden out of nowhere like nah it's okay we, we'll do an out call yeah and it's also confused like i i still have trouble understanding this myself the i got five thousand but i want two bitches i said oh sorry we only have one the client goes well, I got 2000 for one, but it's four dudes. So, like, I'm a little confused by that. I think I understand it. It's like, oh, if you don't have two bitches, then you're just going to get $2,000 instead of the other 3000 I guess, is I, the deal. I, I guess it's a weird way to do it. Yeah. This I mean, is all uh, phrased very weird, of course. but Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's what I mean. But, like, yeah, uh, at this point, it's just like, it's just best to kind of just let the story keep going at this point. 
Yeah. Um, where was I? Oh. So we head up. So we head up to the room number, and they give, and they gave, and Jess knocks. A dude goes, who is it? And she says, in call. And the door flings open fast as fuck. And two <laughs> big black dudes snatch Jess. Bitch, I ran so goddamn fast, I couldn't even see straight. I was out. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. I let's let to... this play out. Oh, my God. I run out, and the car is gone. I'm screaming, Jared! Jared! This fool gone. So I call him, still running, and he's like, y'all done? <laughs> <laughs> that visual. Put that visual in your head. This woman in, like, stripper oh. gear, running, probably in high heels, making a phone call. This is this is the second night, right? Like, this isn't the same night that they yeah, went out to night. the club. Second night. Oh, my God. I ran out. Okay. I said, bitch, Z told you to never leave us. Where are you? He's like, I'm at the gas station. I was thirsty. I thought she was uh, she was gone. Be going to be a min. Uh, that's, uh, that's so like Jarrett. <laughs> Isn't it sad to know that we it feels like we know Jarrett so well just based on the personality? He would do something stupid like this. And it's also like these guys weren't going to take that long. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, uh, anyway. I'm. Oh, here's the weird one. This this throws me off. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll explain when I get to the end. Okay. I'm still running, laugh, um, and you know, laughing my fucking ass off. Uh, don't eat, don't know where I'm going. I'm like, they snatched her, dude. Come get me. I'm calling the police. So here's here she is, mid you know panic story. But she writes, you know, laughing my fucking ass off. Yeah, cause like in hindsight, she's laughing about it. I think, I think there was even a little bit of a laugh as it was happening because it was just like, really, <laughs> this is. Uh, I I don't know. Like I've I've been to parties where like people get super drunk, mad at each other, and then someone pulls a gun on someone else, and then you just like run out of the building. And I wasn't really fearing for my life because the gun wasn't being pointed at me. Uh-huh. But it was like a really fucked up situation. And I was laughing my ass off because I was just like, holy shit, what the fuck? <laughs> this is really happening? <laughs> oh, my God. I was just having like some cranberry juice and some vodka. And then some guy pulled out a gun. It was great. That's crazy, man. The college parties you went to. Or I oh, no, no. Those weren't college parties. Those were just... Those were not attached to fucking CCAD at all. Oh, well, that's CCAD is tame as fuck. Oh. <laughs> you have no idea. Now that, well, that's true of the school I went Super to. Super boring. Yeah, well. <laughs> anyway. That's all right. I, I, I was making an assumption, like I said. Anyway. He pulls up a minute later and I and is like, don't call the police, call Z. I was like, Z gone, beat everybody ass. You, wa- you wasn't supposed to leave. And he's like, well, you have the gun. If you call the cops, you done too. I was like, shit, you're right. So I called Z and told him what happened. Z is livid, and this deep African accent comes out. I couldn't even understand him on the phone. I was like, man, we dead, bro. So, so he, we so we learned about something about Z here. Yeah, Z's been uh, Z's been putting on a uh, putting on an accent this whole time. Yeah, or at least we can assume he has been. Yeah, we didn't know that he was African. We thought he was African American. That was the <laughs> assumption I had. He's just straight up African. No, that that that's that's an important detail too, really. Yeah, kind of. It kind of uh, informs his worldview mm-hmm. a little bit. A little uh, bit. 
a little bit. I mean, you can't come to conclusions just based off that, but it is giving us an idea of he isn't raised in the, you know, American mindset. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Oh, you know, it, it does make sense. It's there's there's something. Yeah, it's a different. It's like a cult, cult, the, cultural. This, yeah, this episode is a hand grenade. No matter what we do. Oh my god! Why why did you convince me to do this again? I don't know. Jesus because it's fucking weird because it's straight up a creepypasta no, we, and we're it, laughing it needs at to it. be understood again we're just we're just contextualizing here guys we don't mean anything by it we're just trying to wrap our heads around this yeah you this know? Is, it's important to remember art is where bad ideas belong right and again uh, art it's art expressive at least we hope it's art and, and not a real thing and we'll get to that at the oh, end oh yeah okay. so, so z pulls up and is like, let's go. I said, um, I'm going to stay here. Y'all go. He goes, I'm not in the mood right now. Come the fuck on. So we all go. Me and Jarrett on the side of the hall where you can't see us. And Z knocks on the door. And man goes, who is it? Z goes, where my bitch at? Where my bitch, man? Jessica screams. And the voice says, ain't no bitch in here, bruh. I was like, oh my god. Z goes, open the door. Guess who opens the door? The nigga with the dreads that Jarrett was smoking with on the rundown motel. I was like, yo! <laughs> it's like, guess who Two the Ark was? <laughs> nice reference, by the way. Yeah. All right. Oh, my God. Should, should we, uh, we unpack this a little bit? I, I mean, I don't know what to be said here. It's really not. I mean, it's, it's clear. She, she told us to keep that in mind. This is important. That detail got linked to this guy earlier, and just like Z predicted, it came back to bite them. Yeah. Oh, my God. So now we're in suspense mode. We got to keep going. Yeah, yeah, go. So he goes, come in and check to Z. Z motion for us to stay hidden. Thank God. So he goes in the room and and Dreadhead there by himself right, right now. Uh, Z sits on the bed with his strap out, and he goes, where's she at, man? Dreads goes, well, since she wants to steal work from my girls, she clearly wants to be here with us. We still don't see Jess. So Z goes to the closet and busts the door in, and she in there, tied up, knocked the fuck out. Knocked the fuck out. Ooh, fuck. <laughs> Uh, Dreads goes, I got 20k for her right now, man, and all is forgiven. Z said, we made more than 20k this weekend alone. Get out of here. So Dreads goes, my dude's downstairs not gonna just let you walk out with her like that. And Z said, we'll see. Mind you, I can barely see. I'm around the corner. So I just hear everything. Next thing I know, I hear some shuffling and a gun goes off. Once again, I take off. But I, I like that she's not a stupid protagonist. No, she's... she's... No, I'm not. <laughs> Fuck this. Self-preservation kicks in. Azia gets out of there. Like, damn. <laughs> She's practical. Yeah, good good, good on her. Well, yes. really, she has to be or she wouldn't be telling this story, would she? Yeah. Jesus. Uh, but I looked down the hall through the, back, through the back. Jarrett wasn't far behind. And then we look behind us and Zia's running too with Jess over his shoulder. He throws Jess in the car and hops in the driver's seat. I hopped in with him and Jarrett and hopped in the other's car and we get the fuck on. Can is it sad that even in the midst of all this that that scene to me is really hilarious? It's it, him like booking it with like Jess tied up and unconscious like thrown over his shoulder. He hit the car and I just imagined him like throwing open a drawer and just like throwing it in her in there really ungraciously and they all just pile in and they're gone and I'm just like there's just something really funny about that mental image. It's almost like a cartoon. 
it's it's the um pulp fiction effect of like when uh John Travolta's driving uh Uma Thurman to the drug dealer to like get the adrenaline to wake her back up. Oh, it's yeah. like it's really fucked up, but you're laughing the whole time. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's just like every all the shit's hitting the fan and things are really real, but all of the real life little moments keep happening of like <laughs> of like you're you're picturing the looks on their faces right now as they're running away. Oh my god. Yeah, like this is uh, <laughs> uh anyway. I, I kinda I kinda love this story, just so you know. I I really enjoy this story. It's a great story. This is wonderful. I'm crying. I said, what the fuck happened? He goes, that nigga reached for his peach. I shot him in the face, man. I was like, oh my god. We get back to our hotel, packed our shit, and checked out. We went to Z and his fiance's condo. Nice as fuck, by the way. Jess is now up and she tells us what happened. Apparently they recognized her from the motel and set her up, clearly. And once they snatched her, they told her to trap for them and she said no. So they beat her ass. That's what Z interrupted when he she, when he knocked, so they knocked her out. You, you'd think they'd be a little more worried because, like, you know, being knocked out especially is kind of serious. Yeah, and I think whenever you're dealing with that, you kind of have to, like, be... But that's something that you can't mess around with and creepy pasta very much because how are you going to knock people out practically? Right. Do it reliably, you know? The pretty pretty much the only way you can really do it I can think of is probably like by choking someone until I, I they suppose, pass out. But, there, but there's yeah that's the that's the point. But even then, when you you if you pass oh, out, oh no, it's from, super bad for you. Yeah. No, if, but and if you pass out that way, there's like a very re- either you wake up like almost immediately, like a minute, like at the most, like a minute or two, and or or you just die. <laughs> <laughs> so so the fact that Jess was unconscious this long is like oh, how did they do that? And yeah, how is so when, she okay? She should have a concussion or yeah, something. Well, I'm sure she does. But I'm sure she's like dealing with a lot of shit, so yeah, it's just, just like, like a little more She it just seems like she's recovering fairly well for having just been knocked out, you know? Yeah, it's it's always a bit of a plot contrivance when someone gets knocked out. Yeah, a little bit. It's and that's, you know, that's uh, in trying to piece together whether this story is real or not. I'm like going, well, here's the thing. I already kind of like I'm willing to suspend disbelief a little bit. And here I can still do that, but it's like, I don't think this is super legit, but I the, it, I don't know. The, it's not impossible, it's, it's just impossible. improbable. Yeah, that's the thing. So, I mean, verdict's still out, but yeah. we're we're going on the assumption that this is, uh, uh, this is like, on the same context of, of Creepypasta, and that we're smarks here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and I think we're playing the um, no-sleep rule of it's real here. So yeah. we're trying to say this is real, we're believing it. Right. So... Exactly. Even if it's not. Uh, I was like, I really gotta go home, y'all. Sorry to kill the mood, but I can't take no more of this. Jarrett was like, same. (laughs) (laughs) Z's fiance was in the kitchen counting money, dog. Just like a rich hoe. So Z was like, everybody get some sleep. I gotta get rid of this. Talking about the gun. So he leaves. We all try to get some sleep. The next morning, he comes in with tickets for me and Jarrett. Jared goes, I'm not leaving Jess here. Not after last night. She has a daughter and needs to come home. Z was like, nah, we making money. <laughs> I was like, wow, with a black eye and busted lip and some Florida niggas looking for y'all. You still trying to trap? Crazy. I was like, well, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zola. We are too. 
Yeah. Get out of there. Jess goes, it'll be okay, Jared. I'll be home in three days. Jared started with that punching himself shit again. I was like, man, here we go. <laughs> Jared goes, come with me or I'm killing myself. Z was like, ugh, not this shit again. I'll be in the car. You all two hurry up. So Jared is literally breaking down. You ever seen somebody hysterically crying? It's intense. And Jess trying to call, call, uh, calm him. I'm at the door ready. <laughs> she's she's having none of this at this point. She's just no. like, can we just leave, please? Fuck. She's she's not even like upset. She's just like, like I just want to be done with this. I don't. Can we can we just can we just please? Can we just please please? Here's here's the thing. Everyone else is just like losing their shit, and the whole time Zola is the level of mad that you get when like the internet goes out and then you like calls call the company that provides your internet. You're just like, <laughs> come on. Like she's she's like mad but she's taking it all in stride of like look just come on it's it's not even like like flipping out like jared is she's just a little mad no it's 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 amazing how calm she is about all of this (laughs) i know and i think that's what uh, kind of makes her endearing as our uh, another thing factor that makes her endearing as our protagonist because we would be doing the exact same fucking thing yeah you know, any sane person would be like, what? Y'all are just, crazy. We just need to get out of this situation. I don't know what leave. you guys are doing. So Jess is being a, being smart, and we're there with Or not Jess. Zola's being smart, and we're right there with her. Yeah. Just like, oh, my God. <sighs> Jarrett randomly stops crying instantly, like some movie shit, and goes, so you aren't coming? Jess says, no, Jarrett, I can't. This nigga Jarrett runs toward their balcony and jumps. I swear to God, Bible, he fucking jumped. I screamed so loud my heart stopped. Jess runs toward the balcony and this nigga, Jarrett, was hanging. He didn't fall all the way. He was stuck by his pants. Thank (laughs) God. Oh my God. That's amazing. We We were only on the fourth floor, but he still would have died. It was a good drop. So Jess is helping him, and I call Z, laughing my fucking ass off. Mfow. More specifically, still crying. Again, there's the weird contrast. Laughing my fucking ass off, still crying. Because this is funny to her, yeah, too. It's in between. It's somewhere it, in between. She ha- This has to be funny to her at the time, too. I don't yeah, think that this he, is like He, he could have post. killed himself, and he, he his pants catch on the balcony, and he's stuck hanging there. It's oh fucking hilarious. God. It is. Um, I was like, Jarrett is stuck. He tried to jump off your balcony. Z was like, what is wrong with this nigga? Families live here, bro. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> fucking Z. And then it's it's a crying face and two skull emoticons. It's wonderful. So Z comes up, came up, helped get him, slapped the fuck out of him, literally and physically guided him to the car. Jess comes out and goes... I swear I did set you up, Zola. I never intended for you to trap. That's why you didn't. I hope we can be friends after. And then it's like a mile of just uh, faces. That's the situation of like, yeah, we'll hang out again. And then you just like ignore them after after that. Well, clearly we're, we, we are with Zola. Zola's completely with us here because she's like, I looked at her like she wasn't speaking English. And I said... I'm not going to beat your ass in right now because you already in bad shape. 
but I better not ever see or hear from you again. And she walked away. Z literally buckled Jarrett's seatbelt laughing my fucking ass off. <laughs> and we went to the airport. Oh, that's great. I just pictured Jarrett sitting there like a zombie. Just like, he's so just gone. He's so defeated right now. Just, oh my god. He literally can't do anything. Every every character in this is fucking amazing. Right? Oh, but okay, here guys, if you've stuck with us this far and haven't written an angry comment, thank you. If you have written an our angry comment, thank you. It means you also, still want to engage yes. with us. It's wonderful. Oh. It is wonderful that you're still with us here regardless. But as she says, bear with me, it's almost over. Here's where here's where things here's where things happen. When we landed in Detroit, my man picked us up. We both looked horrible, so washed up and tired. My man was like, who is this white boy and what's wrong with y'all? I said, babe, neither of us are the same. Just take him to his car and take me home. We dropped Jared off and on the way home I told him everything. He couldn't even speak, honestly. Check this out. This is the last four tweets. Oh. <laughs> uh... Is it really? Oh No. No. Of course. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, I, I appreciate that she's honest uh, with her. And, and that, again, oh, anyway. I get a collect call four days later from jail in Las Vegas. It's Jessica. She goes, we got caught trapping in Vegas and we all got arrested. I said, oh, why are you calling me? She goes, Z was wanted for kidnapping 15 underage girls and is linked to six murders, including Florida. Oh, I was like, Florida? Murder? You have the wrong number. She screams, ask Jared to bail me out. He won't answer my collect call. I said, Jared? You really have the wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> I hung up and called Jared. He goes, yeah, I heard. It's on the news. He's a huge trafficker. Fuck. That's not part of the story. That's actually me just going, fuck. <laughs> I found out later that Jessica and his fiance, wait, Oh, that's a typo. Yeah, it's a typo. I found out later that Z and his fiance played victim and said they were forced and and oh no, Jessica and his yeah, fiance, you're confused. and fiance, her fiance, and oh, and yes. Z's fiance played victim and said they were forced and uh, and Z, whose name I can't pronounce, was an African man. It was wanted literally everywhere. He got sentenced to life, and I hear Jess is back in Detroit with her mom and baby, and that's the end of that. If you stuck with that whole story, you are hilarious, lol. Happy face, happy face, happy face, kissy face, kissy face, kissy face. Wow. Uh-huh. Oh, there's I'm, more. There, there's like a little bit of like stuff afterwards, but it's it's all dealing with like... Trying to prove her, it. Yeah, her trying to prove it. Oh my god, this story is amazing. This is pretty great. So, so let's... Let's uh, look at, real, real quick, let's look at what Creepypasta Wiki has to say what a Creepypasta is. Do we... Now, they've, they've revised their definition, and it's much shorter than it was before. <sighs> so we're just going to say, in short, a Creepypasta is a short story posted to the internet that is designed to unnerve and shock the reader. Mm, I think this meets that criteria. Just barely, though, because the shock is coupled with the fact that you're kind of sitting here going, like, holy shit, but you're kind of laughing it through the whole thing. I mean, look at us, but the, the laughing comes from, like, oh, my God. 
Yes. And so I'm sorry, I'm still channeling Jess a little bit. Or yes. Jess, Z- uh, Zola a little bit here. I got to I got to try and de defam uh, a little bit here. Yes. I know it's I know it sounds impossible. I know you're going to think it's impossible, but I I am a man. Let me let me work on this. Okay, hang on. You you say you you talk for a sec. I got to work. Okay. I got to get out of that. <laughs> so there is <laughs> there is shocking content here. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're meeting that criteria. There is a new internet-based aspect to this. It's happening over Twitter. It's happening over social media. It's a story being told over social media. So it's using that infrastructure. And I think that that is a key thing that you can say is part of Creepypasta, is using this new media, right? Definitely. And then uh, I think that it is important for a Creepypasta to be realist to be down to earth in such a way as to have realism and then build an interesting story on top of that so realism is very important as i stress it all the time right Mm -hmm. let's look at let's look at some stories uh some articles that have been written about this rudy aka z was arrested in nevada but all six charged charges are related to sex trafficking, sexual assault, battery, two counts of trafficking, and two counts of attempting pandering with threat of physical force, not murder, as the original story suggested. Jarrett Scott didn't try to jump off the balcony, though he did post some emotional Facebook statuses regarding his relationship with Jess. So, also it Wait, seems Jess, Jess and Rudy, I'll, I'll get to that, Jess and Rudy also pulled the scan before the post has interviewed with two women who tell similar darker versions of Zola's story. Whoa. It's it's looking like this is mostly true. Uh, and this, this is, um, uh, the cut. I think it's an aspect of like a, a sub thing of, uh, New York Magazine. Hmm. And so I can actually give you the article. It's like the first thing that comes up. There, there's, there's some stuff here on the Washington Post, too, corroborating the same stuff. It looks like this is a mostly true story. That's bonkers. And even Dude, if I feel, I feel, I, I, should I feel bad now? Because, like, I, I wasn't I, ready to take this thing seriously, but, like, going, okay, but... And that's the thing. Oh. I think that there is this tall tale aspect to creepypasta as well. Uh-huh. And so for this story to just be slightly exaggerated, that's all it needed for it to be a good story. Right. It didn't it didn't need a whole lot of like it did it didn't need a monster to pop out at the end. No, it didn't. It, it just needed uh Jared to almost kill himself and only not die because of how pathetic he is. <laughs> this story is incredible and after having gone through all of that she deserves all of the positive criticism she's getting for this wonderful story oh my god yes yeah. so bravo Azia. like thank you for this incredible journey we've been on <laughs> give this woman a book deal this... get, get get her an editor dude this this she she you know uh, if she like okay again you can only take some again she is probably exaggerating a lot of it but 
that if this is really legit, then holy shit, she's cool under pressure. And and you gotta think though, the coolest parts of the story aren't the parts that seem like they're lies. The coolest parts of the story are the ones that like are more plausible. Yeah. So like the whole like there there's no the the whole um Z buckling Jared's seatbelt thing <laughs> completely possible really probably is. happened and fucking hilarious. It is. Oh man. I Max- challenge I challenge anyone to tell me how this isn't a creepy pasta. A, 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 a pseudo a pseudo RL creepy pasta. Yes. Well, I mean, hey, some of some of the best creepy pastas use aspects of real life. This is true. So, this is very true. What are you going to do? A lot of it is either inspired by real life or is real life with a little bit of window dressing. <laughs> I would say and this is this definitely falls into the latter category. Mhm. Um and but the window he... dressing is Jarrett hanging from the back. <laughs> he is the literal window dressing. <laughs> this podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.